0: Big 12 Media Days debuted a new character, while a recurring character had something to say about Bedlam. We'll talk about all of that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome, welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me as he does every day is Josh Helmer from 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And you can hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. Josh, we got a new Big 12 commissioner. Unofficially, officially, he doesn't officially start till August 1st, but it sounds like he's already gotten the ball rolling as Big 12 commissioner. Brett Yormark took the stage today
1: yeah we've got a new face new face in the big 12 conference and while a lot of what he had to say today was and i don't officially start until august 1st and there was kind of that weird weird angle up there to where bob bowlsby was also sitting on the dais with brett Yormark. The same individual in Bob Bowlesby who may or may not have had a vote of no confidence was still sitting up there for Big 12 media days. I thought that whole, that whole relationship today was a, a little bit awkward. But hey, for all intents and purposes, we got our introduction to Brett Yormark today. And I got to say, not that I should expect differently, but I came away impressed with uh, our first impressions.
0: Yeah, so let's just jump off the top here with the kind of the first nugget that really stood out to us here. We got a little video slash audio for you.
2: Thing is for sure, there is no doubt the Big 12 is open for business. We will leave no stone unturned to drive value for the conference. Just as I pledged to the board, we will be bold and humble, aggressive and thoughtful, and innovative and creative all in an effort to position the conference in a way that not only grows the Big 12 brand and business, but makes us a bit more contemporary.
0: Some very interesting remarks there from Brett Yormark and just kind of initial takeaways from his introductory press conference or the Big 12 Media Day press conferences that he was very clear that college football and college athletics is a business. When you say you're open for business, like. This is making or it's taking all of the amateurism that we've kind of known was gone for a while and just straight up saying like, we're going to be bold in pursuing what's going to be best for the big 12 now and in the future. And what that means is from a financial standpoint, Josh, what did you kind of take away from those remarks or just his press conference in general?
1: Well, you've seen the reports. I've seen the reports. You all out there on YouTube and on any podcast platform where you're listening to this, you've seen the reports as well. The Big 12, we know, in the aftermath of USC and UCLA jumping ship and heading off to the Big Ten Conference, it's put a bunch of schools' futures in limbo. And the reports out there were that the Big 12 was in deep discussions with an Arizona, with an Arizona State, w- with a Colorado, with the Utah, and maybe with an Oregon and a Washington. Now, whether or not there's ultimately going to be anything to show for that for the Big 12 Conference in the way of expansion with those Pac-12 schools, basically what, Brett, your mark is saying, to your point, John, is yes, we are open for business. We want to ensure the long-term health of the Big 12 Conference. And oh, by the way, those annual per-school payouts, hey, Oregon, hey, Washington, we would like to show you a situation in the Big 12 Conference with Baylor, with TCU, with Kansas State, with everybody else in the Big 12 Conference. We'd like to show you a situation that could be enticing to you, where everybody gets theirs and everybody gets paid, and the health of the conference, the Big 12, is insured. We're trying to expand, right? I mean, that was basically Brett Yormark sitting up there in front of everybody saying, hey, guys. Hey, guys. I know you've seen some of the reports out there that we're looking to add for the PAC 12. You got us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, he didn't say it in so many words, but I mean, when you're out there, you're saying we're open for business. We're going to be aggressive and thoughtful. I think that's pretty much indicating like, yes, we're out there trying to make sure that we solidify ourselves. And to me, that has to mean Utah and Oregon, like that, like or Oregon and Washington, sorry. Like, yes, you can add the four corner schools, the Arizonas, the Utah and Colorado schools. But does that really move the needle as much as move, adding Oregon and Washington? I'd say it doesn't. But I think what it does is just say, hey, we're going to take an aggressive approach, which is a far cry from what it did 12 years ago when Nebraska, Colorado, Texas A&M, and Missouri, when they left um, you know, with realignment before, it's like, okay, we're going to add TCU, we're going to add West Virginia, just kind of doing like a little bit just to get by. Uh, to, to make sure that the conference stays whole. But honestly, there probably was a chance to do more. And the way the Big 12 kind of operated even in back then was kind of reactionary. Uh, they had to be a little reactionary in the adding the four schools that they added, but that's kind of gone out the window now. They, they know that they're a solid conference. They may not be at the level of the SEC or the Pac-12, but with the member schools that they have now and they have coming in, I think they're a really solid conference with a lot of really good football programs and even some basketball programs as well. That's going to make for a really entertaining Saturdays in the fall. Even if you don't have Oklahoma and Texas or Oregon and Washington, what the big 12 looks like right now, it looks like a lot of fun. I just talked about it on the big 12 round table uh, with Josh neighbors over on the Locked On big 12 channel. Make sure you all check that out as well, where I, I mean, I'm a guy that I grew up in Texas and Dallas Fort worth area from 97, you know, till I moved to Oklahoma in 2009 and watched a ton of Big 12 football even before I became an Oklahoma fan, and even like TCU football, because it's fun. Like the branding is fun. You know, like TCU is a fun school to watch. Baylor, it's a fun program. Iowa State, like there's a lot of really fun schools. Kansas State from the early 2000s. I mean, they were great back then. And so what the future of the Big 12 looks like going forward is really fun. Looks like it's going to have a really competitive conference. And you have a guy that's, at the head of the conference now, and Brett Yormark, who's going to be able to be aggressive and take that and say, "Look, it—we are a football hotbed conference from the you know the upper Midwest down to the Southwest. And if we're able to add Arizona schools, then that extends our, our platform even in further into the Southwest. We got Orlando covered with UCF. We've got uh, Cincinnati covered with University of Cincinnati in Ohio, a big football state." I mean, this is a conference that's looking really, really strong moving forward. Again, a tier below Big Ten SEC, but that's okay. Like that's not a bad place to be because you're in a a situation where you're going to survive and you're going to thrive moving forward because you have so many really strong programs in like football rich places where they don't really have much else to distract them from football, like in Manhattan and Lawrence, what else are you doing on a Saturday or on a weekend except getting ready for Kansas State and Kansas up in Ames? What else are you doing except for getting ready for Iowa State? Like, there's nothing wrong with not having strong media markets if the markets that you're in are going to be all about your pro, your your program, all about your product. And I think that's what the Big Twelve really has going for it is it's very football centric in the fall. Is there's not much else going on except for college football, and that's going to continue to drive the bus for the conference moving forward. And Brent Yormark, I think he understands at least that much of it, even if he doesn't have a full grasp of what the conference has is the way that they can brand themselves and continue to be innovative and aggressive is adding Colorado, adding Utah again, up in Utah, what else they got going on, except for, you know, the jazz and college football. And you can say the same thing about the Ducks up in Oregon. I mean, this is going to be a really interesting conference to, to watch as, as things transpire, but I really liked what you said, like we're going to be aggressive. We're not going to sit back and let the big 10 and the sec just kind of claim up all the, the territory in college football realignment. We have a brand and we have a product that's very valuable. They just paid out their biggest payout in media rights this last year. So for, for their member schools. And so they're in a pretty good place to be aggressive and 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 to get to the negotiating table with some of these other schools.
1: You know, I, I want to get into coming up next what your mark had to say about Oklahoma and Texas. I thought Garrett Emig asked a great question, which was you know basically, hey, have you had any dialogue with Oklahoma and Texas? Will you have any dialogue with Oklahoma and Texas? But real quick before we do that, the. Last two Big 12 commissioners, you think about Dan Beebe, and obviously you think about Bob Bolsby. Ultimately, John, what are both of those commissioners going to be known for? It's, it's commissioners that are going to be known not for adding TCU and West Virginia, not for adding Cincinnati and BYU and Houston and Central Florida. They're known for what they lost. So when I hear Brett Yormark today talk like that, We've heard the reports, right, out of the Pac-12. We know about the corner schools. We know about definitely some interest in Oregon and Washington. Could your mark have a shocker up his sleeve? I mean, right now he's basically sitting up there, and part of what I think he's trying to say is we're not going to play fourth or fifth fiddle, by the way, to the, what's left over of the Pac-12 or to what's uh, the ACC as we know it right now. I mean, is, is there a school out there, a power school? I'm not talking your Memphises and UNLVs of the world. Could they interest an ACC member or two to join the Big 12 Conference? Because when I hear Brett Yormark say, we will leave no stone unturned, I think he's potentially thinking bigger than just the Pac-12 Conference.
0: And, and I think they should. I think there's no reason because if you look at the ACC media rights deal that doesn't expire until 2036 or 2034 – I mean, that's a long way out when you're watching the Big Ten that might reportably get up to $1.2 billion in their next media rights deal with Fox and the SEC's media rights deal is going to easily approach and surpass $1 billion. And you're the ACC and you're looking at that like, what about us? we got Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Like we've got some power brands. North Carolina, maybe they're not a power in football, but basketball and Duke, certainly in basketball, louisville like that's a strong program Pitt is in a really good media market like what about us like what are we doing sitting here waiting it out waiting out this media rights deal unless they're able to get something renegotiated where they get better payouts for their schools like i think you should consider maybe adding clemson adding you know some of those florida schools that maybe the sec according to reports isn't interested in expanding at the moment if that's the case, then if you're the Big 12, now's your time. Seize the opportunity and go into Florida and be like, hey, maybe the SEC doesn't want you right now, but we want you. We're about to renegotiate our media rights deal with you, a part of our conference. We can en- negotiate an even bigger deal. So, hey, let's talk. So I think I think you're right. I think there's something something to be said for that. And if he's going to swing for the fences on this, and it sounds like he's going to, I don't see any reason why not approach the, the ACC. That's a really good point, Josh.
1: Well, and again, when you're coming on the heels of a pair of Big 12 commissioners that, again, will be known for sort of derelict of duty and losing conference members, it would be a nice change of pace for the Big 12 conference to not be additive in a reactionary basis, but to go make one of these splash moves that we've seen the SEC and the Big Ten make. There's this perception that the Big 12 is not capable of doing that. Boy, Brett Yormark would really put a stamp on his tenure as Big 12 commissioner if he's able to pull something like that off.
0: And we're gonna talk about what Brett Yormark had to say about Oklahoma and Texas and their future in the Big 12. But first I wanna talk to you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. They've got everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website find the solution to your auto parts needs why would you choose to spend 30 50 or even 100 more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save so go check out rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com also want to talk to you all about the NFL top 50, which NFL stars move the betting line the most starting July 18th. Locked on gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at bet online available July 18th on locked on NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. And thanks for making locked on soon as your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and available on YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe to the channel over there. Uh, loving the interaction and, and the comments you guys are, are leaving over there uh, for the most part. Uh, Thanks so much for some of those those, uh, points that you guys are making, it's it's great insight as well. Uh, So Brett Yormark on Oklahoma and Texas, here we go.
2: The folks from Texas, both the president and AD as well as at Oklahoma, they've been very gracious to me. Uh, They were part of the process and me getting hired. So I appreciate the support that I received I'm sure there's going to be a moment in time where we're going to sit down and discuss the future. Obviously, I don't start till August 1, and I look forward to doing that. And um, that's really all I can say at this point in time. From my perspective, and again, I don't start till August 1, I have a lot to learn. But any situation like this, I always look for a win-win scenario. That being said, it's important that whatever happens is in the best interest of this conference but I look forward at the right time to have those conversations.
0: So when I've talked with the lockdown big 12 crew about this situation of, you know, in the past, and when Brett, Yormark's marks you know, for, name first came up as big 12 commissioner to me, that was item number one that was going to be on his list for the future. And obviously conference realignment kind of usurped that as, you know, the big 10 made their moves. Now the big 12 has got to make some moves potentially in response. But I think, I still think this is a really big issue for them because you still have the possibility of Oklahoma and Texas meeting in the big 12 championship this year and in years to come before you get them out of the league. And while you're fine with, you receiving the financial gains that that would bring, you don't necessarily want your conference being represented by the teams that are leaving your conference. That's not great for your brand for the best teams in your conference to be on their way out the door. And so I think that creates a bit of a sense of urgency in that they've got to find a way that works for both Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12 to come to some agreement that allows Oklahoma and Texas to leave. I've always said it's going to be 2023. There have been reports that say 2024, but they're going to be leaving at some point before the 2025 season. So now it's up to, you know, Brett Yormark, you're you're coming up to the plate. You're up, man. What's the conversation going to be? Now he says he's not officially starting until August 1st, but I think once August 1st hits, we'll start kind of hearing some things about how this thing transpires. What's what's your
1: take on it, Josh? 2024 makes sense from the standpoint that that's when the ESPN contract with the SEC kicks off. But it does make sense for all parties if there is an agreement that can be reached What's the figure? Eighty million dollars a piece. The exit fee for Oklahoma and Texas. Is there room for negotiation there? Can that figure drop down a little bit for an Oklahoma and Texas? I know Big Twelve fans that are not fans of Oklahoma and Texas listening, watching this. You say, "Heck no, we're not taking less cash." But when your mark sits down with OU and Texas, could there be a seventy? million a piece figure for Oklahoma and Texas to expedite this thing along a little bit because I agree with the point that you've made bringing in Cincinnati bringing in BYU bringing in Houston bringing in UCF you've got four strong that have histories Houston recently played in a men's basketball final four existing members for this conference Kansas and Baylor are the two defending national champions in men's college basketball. In football, Baylor is your defending Big 12 champion. Central Florida, okay, it's a mythical national championship, but there is recent great success for UCF in football on a national landscape. Cincinnati just became the first group of five school to play in the college football playoff. BYU, again, national type of brand as an independent No, it's not quite to the degree of a Notre Dame. I think that's fair to say. But it's a, I think, quietly strong brand that BYU brings into the Big 12 Conference. Do you want all of that potentially overshadowed still by when and if Oklahoma and Texas are leaving before the grant of rights is up? Do you want it overshadowed, as you pointed out, John, by an Oklahoma or Texas winning the Big 12 Conference? not just potentially here and now in 2022, but in 2023, in 2024? Or would you like to jumpstart that branding with a program like Baylor or with one of these newcomers and jumpstart your future in that respect and not have it be a school named either Oklahoma or Texas that is your Big 12 football champion? I can see an argument for that and I can see a happy medium in the on the negotiation table between the Big 12 Conference and between Oklahoma and Texas. I'm not sure what that figure looks like. Maybe it's still $80 million a pop for both, right? But I think if Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave early and they want to sit down and discuss this with Brett Yormark, they're going to try and look for some sort of concession from the Big 12 Conference, and uh, I don't know what that figure would be, John.
0: It's, it's going to be interesting to see because I think – from the Big 12 side of things, you kind of hold the cards. Like if you're cool with Oklahoma and Texas overshadowing the entrance of your new members, potentially representing your school or your conference as champion, then no big deal. Like you can hold them to their their contractually bound agreement through twenty the 2024 season. But if you want to have kind of this celebration of entrance to the Big 12 for Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF, then maybe, and not have that overshadowed by Oklahoma and Texas leaving, maybe you figure out a way to negotiate that and make it work out a little bit better for Oklahoma and Texas as well. You know, you look at it and you and you think, okay, whatever it's worth to have Oklahoma and Texas in the Big Twelve for the next three seasons. I mean, that's that's what the buyout's going to have to be. And then, you know, if you really want to hold Oklahoma and Texas to the fire, you'll probably increase that a little bit. One thing that I think might make this a little bit easier on Oklahoma's part is the Sooner Vision deal that just got announced a couple months ago with ESPN. That's going to be extra cash in their pocket, presumably, with they which they could use to facilitate a buyout, facilitate that buyout. You know, the, the thought is that Texas has all the money in the world. It's not going to be a big deal for them to buy out of, of the media rights agreement. Most people think Oklahoma doesn't. I tend to disagree with that. I think if Oklahoma wants to find the 80 million, if that's the number they can, they can figure out a way to get that because what's going to happen when they're in the sec, they'll get that paid back to them pretty quickly over the course of, you know, two, two to three seasons, like the buyouts or the, the payouts from being in the sec, I think were something like 50 plus million. And so if you're having to pay 80 million one year to get out of the big 12, and then the next year you're going to get 50. Yeah. You might have a little cash shortfall, you know, the first year or so, but it won't take long till you're breaking even and surpassing that $80 million buyout that you had to pay. So I think they're going to figure out a way to make it happen. I don't, I'm not concerned about them finding the money. There's enough big money donors in Oklahoma that if, you know, Joseph Haroz and Joe Castiglione got on the phone and said, Hey, we're trying to make this thing happen. What can you do for us? And say, Hey, we'll make sure you have, you know, prime seats for, oklahoma alabama whenever it comes we'll give you make sure we get you the prime box i'm sure they already have you know the the prime season ticket holder the prime suites anyway but we'll make sure we get something extra special for you that first time that that uh, nick saban and the crimson tide come to norman that that you help facilitate this so i'm i have no doubt that they could figure out a way to get the money and that's really what it's going to come down to but i imagine that everybody's going to be motivated come August 1st, because Brett, your mark doesn't start until August 1st. Uh, once that happens, that they'll figure out a way to make that happen. But coming up, we got to talk about the future of Bedlam because our good old friend in Stillwater, Mike Gundy, had something to say about that. But before we do that, let me talk to you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Tastes great, and it's great for you. And now we got the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. If you've had the Coconut Brownie Chunk, like I have and I love, then you're going to love the Chunk Puff. It's fantastic. It's got a great marshmallow texture. If you're a big fan of like a moon pie, then this is a much healthier, but still delicious snack for you over at built.com. They've got great tasting flavors. In addition to the brownie chunk puff, like mint brownie, coconut brownie, and the dark chocolate or the double chocolate. I've got a box of those on my fridge right now that I'm going through and they're fantastic. Every bar is hundred percent covered in chocolate and they're coming out with great options all the time. Uh, again, they'd they're amazing. They taste great and they're guilt-free because they're actually good for you. So go to build.com use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order using promo code LOCKED15.
1: And we love our partnership with Home Field Apparel. 15 pieces of apparel that they've already got out there that's in the collection. It includes T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, all vintage marks. I love vintage-type gear, John. I think It's so cool. Which you can get some retro schooner logos, that sort of thing, mixed in. I dig what Homefield Apparel is doing. And oh, by the way, for any of you first-time customers, you can get fifteen percent off your first purchase from Homefield with the code our code locked on Sooners at checkout at HomefieldApparel.com. Our man Mike Gundy, he was uh, not pulling any punches when asked about Beckham. Well, the, the future in Bedlam is uh, is a year or two left. I mean, that's the future of Bedlam um, <clears throat> based on somebody else's decision.
0: Mike Gundy, what do you – I mean, yes, we get it. You're not – you don't like it. And they're – okay, so I read so many quotes from different Oklahoma State players and the coach and where they're like, oh, we don't care. I'm like, well, it's obvious you care because the people that say we don't care usually care about it. Uh, man – What did you make of Mike Gundy? I mean, this is kind of consistent with what he even said last fall when this all first transpired.
1: Lots of hurt feelings based on the way that Oklahoma up and left and really up and left with no regard for Oklahoma State's athletic and financial future. I don't blame Mike Gundy. I, I don't think Mike Gundy has to sit up there and say a bunch of nice things to the University of Oklahoma. Whether OU fans want to admit it or not, this has been, Bedlam, a rivalry, if not in football, then in all of the other sports. And I would still argue that it's a rivalry in football, though not a competitive rivalry in football. Mike Gundy's within bounds to take that approach and say, hey, Oklahoma, based on their decision, no more Bedlam. I don't think OU fans are worked up about it one way or the other. They're excited to play Georgia. They're excited to play Alabama. They're excited to bring Texas with them to the SEC. They're excited to now meet up with the Jimbo Fisher and all of the Brinks trucks down there in College Station. They're excited about Tennessee and on and on and on. OU fans, man, they're so happy to be going to the SEC. And quite frankly, ultimately, I think it can be a good thing for Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy that now, again, speaking of the shadow of the big 12 conference and speaking of the shadow of the Oklahoma state football program, not the worst thing for them to not have to mess around with playing OU each and every season.
0: Yeah. It kind of takes that most likely loss off their schedule. Uh, You can fill it in with another team that you're probably going to be more likely to beat, but I don't know, man. I think for me, I would love to see this game still happen. And I know I'm kind of in a minority of Oklahoma Sooners fans, at least the ones I interact with on social media, you know, most of them are like, ah, who cares? But I'm like, come on. They're just like right there. Like how many miles away are they from Norman? Like it's not far. I can't remember the the exact number, but I mean, you're closer to Stillwater than you are to Austin, you know, and I just have this affinity for in-state rivalries. Um, And so for it to be going away is kind of a bummer to me, but yeah, I'm, I'm just as excited. As you. I'm excited to like get something going with Arkansas. Like I think having that game is going to be a lot of fun every single year, especially as Arkansas has improved their program and they look to be looking really good for the future Um and getting, you know, reigniting a rivalry with Missouri as well. I think that's going to be a lot of fun with the history that those two have. And so I don't know. I, I just, would like to see a way for bedlam to continue happening, in the same vein that Clemson and South Carolina play every year. You know, I think though that might not be a rivalry in the same respects as um, Alabama and Auburn or OU Texas. It's still a rivalry, and it and it's a game that matters to the state of South Carolina, and bedlam. Whether it may not it may not have the same national prestige as Red River does, it's still a game that matters to the state of Oklahoma. And just looking at the financial impact of that game, it's, it's a shame that it won't continue. Um, I think in the future, once we kind of get past the hurt feelings, there's gonna be an opportunity for that game to get restored, whether it's an annual thing or just a home and home like Nebraska was right now. But I think there'll be a, a time where that comes to fruition It's just there's going to have to be some some healing that happens. Of course, I thought that Josh Heupel in Oklahoma would would uh, would find some common ground and and restore that relationship as well, but that hasn't happened either. So who knows? I'm just kind of I don't know. I'm kind of a romantic, and so the just the idea of bedlam just it's fun and it's exciting and it it creates a lot of energy and it stirs up a lot of um, excitement in the state of Oklahoma because you know we live out in East Oklahoma right now, and there's a ton of Oklahoma state Cowboys fans around, at least there's like, there's a medical school here. And so there's a lot of, a lot of OU med students or OSU med students here um, or med residents here. And so it's, there's a lot of that energy that comes from it, but um, yeah, it's just, I think it's really great for the state. Um, But I get where Mike Gundy's coming from. I get where Dr. Casey Shrum, the president is coming from, you know, they were blindsided by this like everybody else. And so I get why they are frustrated and are taking the stance that they're not going to continue to play Bedlam. I think in the future, maybe five, six years down the road, there will be a a renewal of the Bedlam bedlam rivalry. What it looks like, that'll be anybody's guess at the time.
1: Well, and just to tie it all up together in a big happy knot, I think it's a little bit kind of like what we have with Brett Yormark. There was – So many hurt feelings, and obviously so. There was egg on the face. There was embarrassment for Bob Bowlesby. That's why you needed a different Big 12 commissioner, and you needed one now to help navigate this conference. Well, potentially through the early exit of Oklahoma and Texas, that could reach some sort of agreement that's really best for all parties and somewhat amicable, right? You needed a new voice there for that regard. I think probably that's going to wind up being the case for Bedlam too. This Bedlam game, after OU and Texas leave this conference, probably you're never seeing this again with Mike Gundy strolling the sidelines. There's a chance maybe you're never seeing this game with Casey Trump in Stillwater. At some point, I agree with you. I do think it gets restored eventually, but I don't know if it's with any of these acting powers in place that are there in Stillwater right now. And quite frankly, to some degree, I can't really blame them all that much because OU did. Oh, you did put uh, Oklahoma State University in a precarious spot. They put the rest of the Big 12 Conference in a precarious spot. But, hey, that's college sports as we know it right here, right now, today. And Oklahoma and Texas felt like they had financial futures of their own that they had to, had to protect. And taking care of Oklahoma State in that financial future was not a part of the equation. I agree with you. I think it's disappointing that you aren't going to get to see that in-state game. Uh, if, for those that don't think the Bedlam game matters, I would gladly engage in a discourse with you. I think it will be missed, but uh, I understand a lot of Oklahoma fans do not feel that way, John.
0: Yeah, and I, like I said, I'm looking forward to to a new rivalry, to re, you know, getting some new secondary rivalries going with Arkansas. Like call it the Battle of the Ozarks, or you know, the Battle of the Wichita's, whatever you want to call it. Like that border war that you're going to be able to. To, to get going because to me it's it's wild that, they'll, that they've that they played less than 30 times. I think it's like less than 20 times actually that they the two sides have played in their history um, considering how far back it goes. But that's that's one thing like even if Bedlam doesn't happen, there's going to be so many fun matchups that happen on a week-to-week basis with Oklahoma in the SEC that you really won't even care because it's going to be either you're heading to Athens or the Crimson Tatter coming to Norman or you're going to Fayetteville, which is going to be a great road trip for me. It's just you know an hour and a half from where I'm at, so that's going to be a lot of fun to make that trip. Um, but there's just a lot of really, really fun matchups in the future SEC. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. We at least have one more season in the Big 12, and we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, from day two of Big 12 Media Days that's going to be happening tomorrow in Arlington, Texas. But we'll talk about that on the next show of Locked On Sooners. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing wherever you get podcasts. We're also free and available on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel over there. Trying to get to 2,500 subscribers by the start of college football season. We're at 2,125 last I looked. So making our way there. So help us get there. But we're going to have a lot of fun this summer. Continue to get ready for the 2022 college football season. We'll start doing positional previews. We'll start looking at more recruits. we got uh, Dalen Smothers is going to be recruit- committing to Oklahoma on Thursday. So hopefully we have some good news to talk about on that front. Uh, but until then, for Josh Helmer from 94.7, the ref in Norman, where you can hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon, I'm John Williams. You can also read my work over at the Sooners Wire covering the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll catch you next time. Boomer Sooner.